Welcome to ADHD Flourishing, about living awesomely with autism and ADHD. You deserve recognition for both the challenges and the superpowers of this unique neurotype. Let's celebrate wisdom and support from real-life stories, and talk strategies to manage the difficulties of day-to-day life so we can move beyond that to thriving and building a sustainable and awesome life. If you want to be here, you are accepted here, and you belong. I'm your ADHD host, Mattia Murray. Let's do this. Two bits of context before I start. First, a content note that this episode is going to get a little intense with some of my feelings about the general state of the world, but I also hope to bring it back to a little more hope at the end. So you're welcome to skip this episode or come back to it later if you don't want to hear some frustration in the middle. Second, I'm not trying to trigger anyone's demand avoidance with the title, so I'll start out by saying no, this is not reverse psychology, and as always, you can do whatever you want with what I'm saying. I'm just a person sharing a reflection of what I think and believe right now. That said, this episode is literally years in the making. To tell the story, I have to rewind three years to when I started my first coaching certification near the end of 2020. I'd already been experimenting with coaching to make sure I liked it. I'd had some both free and paid clients, and I was feeling ready to learn more. The program I joined was literally called Optimize, now rebranded as Heroic, and I'd been following its creator, Brian Johnson, for a while to read his Philosopher's Notes, which are overviews of mostly self-help type books. And if you've read many self-help books, you know that most of them are better in overview form because they're largely fluff. At the end of 2020, I'd known I was autistic for a while, and I was relatively out about it at work and with friends, and was still figuring out what worked for me. What drew me to optimize was that it wasn't just about learning coaching tools for others, it was about getting my own shit in order first and foremost, from a routine and habits-based approach. My autistic brain was like, ooh, routines. For the initial 10 months or so of the first level of the program, the focus on routines was enormously helpful to my autistic brain, especially since my work had become fully remote and I had more control over my environment and day-to-day. In particular, I worked very hard on sleep, which has been a struggle my whole life. And once that was a bit more consistent, my overall mood and mental health improved enormously. I was definitely bothered by both the casual and deep fat phobia from leadership and participants in the program, as well as gender essentialism and a total lack of understanding or even acknowledgement of neurodivergence or disability outside of inspiration porn. But when I offered feedback about specific issues or comments that stood out to me, the company often provided satisfactory responses, so I felt like overall... I was able to avoid what didn't align with my values and get the usefulness out of the rest. When I started level two, which took me about another year, the disillusionment really started to kick in for several reasons. First of all, I'd switched my focus over to neurodivergent clients by then, and I knew that habits were a tough topic for many of them. Especially for ADHD clients, I saw that frustration cycle of wanting and losing routines. Second, I'd started learning more and more somatic techniques, not just as a client, but as a practitioner. Technically, I started, I did my first certification simultaneously with the first level of the program. So I'd I'd known it, but I was really starting to incorporate it more. And I was starting to see how effective that work was with clients. And third, 
I had learned a lot more about neuroscience and in particular, more of the emerging understanding about autistic and ADHD brains and how we might need fundamentally different approaches rather than simply trying to modify existing programs. The last straw for me with the formerly optimized, now heroic program is that apparently they're now talking about how awesome the US military is all the time and directly teaching their methods to active military. And there's absolutely no reflection or awareness of how fucked up that is. Like, sure, I know American military members on average come from poor and underserved communities and very likely need additional individual mental health support but at least acknowledge that the overall system is messed up. So back to the word optimize, separate from just that particular program title. I met someone a while back who is heavily into biohacking, and she was talking about all the stuff she does and how it's still not enough because she's tired running her, if I remember correctly, three businesses. And I came away from that interaction being like, oh my God, you're spending so much money and time and you're still not satisfied. Meanwhile, your body is saying no to this overwork. She was trying to optimize for a level of productivity that in my mind, no human should be trying to sustain. And I say this as someone whose brain is capable of some pretty amazing things through flow and hyperfocus, through creativity and problem solving, but those perfect brain days occur naturally maybe once a month. And with a lot of effort and focus, maybe once or twice a week, if I'm lucky. Sometimes a little more cyclically throughout seasons in the year. But this person was trying to make her best day her baseline. And it still wasn't enough for her. She was optimizing herself to death, and it didn't look fun at all. What makes me especially sad about that particular example is that I bet many of the people in her life were congratulating her for how healthy she is, because she's doing a lot of the external things people consider healthy, such as exercising and eating fruits and veggies and taking a lot of supplements. The big question I want to ask here is why? Why do so many quote experts and thought leaders say that we all should be optimizing to use our energy perfectly and increase our overall energy so we can work harder and smarter? Why do we need to optimize and biohack every fucking second of our life and eke every little bloody drop of energy from our tired mammal bodies? Because only that level of energy extraction could solve the problems the world is facing without fundamentally changing the systems of greed and inequity. We could all be doing a lot less and enjoying a lot more, and I mean every living being on the planet, but we have to remove the power and wealth from those hoarding it and set up systems so they can't hoard it all again. Without moving toward that kind of fundamental change, the proposed answer is that we should all optimize our schedules and our bodies as hard as we can so that we can be part of, quote, the solution. But what solution? Just optimizing a shitty system that was built on murder, enslavement, ecological destruction, and selfish, mindless extraction of resources, no matter the cost. At best, a focus on optimizing can help individuals feel better with their stressful, overworked, underpaid, undersupported lives. At worst, optimizing is just extracting additional labor from the underclasses to be again hoarded by the very, very few, who, by the way, have a booming market for billionaire apocalypse bunkers because they know this is unsustainable. Okay, I said at the very beginning that this was going to get a little intense. I wanted to let myself feel these feelings because I think about this so much. And at this point, 
I'm going to take a couple deep breaths myself because while I wanted to let myself feel that this a bit, I'm also wanting to look at another side of this as well as some potential solutions. The other side I want to briefly mention is that the initial six months of the Optimize program when I was working on my sleep and other self-care habits, my overall mood improved to literally the best it had been my entire life for that long. And it's been somewhat sustained. I've had ups and downs, but I would say my overall mood improved. And while I already had not been depressed in a while, this wasn't simply not depressed. This was a sustained better mood like nothing I've ever experienced. So on a personal level, I can say that taking care of the body from a place of self-love and self-compassion can be incredibly powerful. That is not the same as biohacking oneself into a wall to override the body's needs in order to extract more productivity. Where I started to feel some resistance around the optimizing was when it switched from the self-love and self-compassion to just trying to work harder. Because 2020 was also when I was really starting to process how much overworking had been a primary coping mechanism for me since childhood and how I could find fun elements within that, such as that I love to learn and dive into special interests, which was not the same as external markers of success. If you're into various practices around optimizing your own space in life and it feels good for you, go for it. If you love routines and find them supportive, a big part of me is jealous of people who can sustain them for a really long time. Do whatever works for you. But be honest with yourself. Is this really about you feeling better and supporting your own deep dreams and desires? Or are you just becoming a more productive cog in a very broken machine? We've all been there because it's part of surviving late stage capitalism. So no shame if that's where you're at. Part of what I dream of is a world in which all bodies and brains have all the rest and play that they need. I know there are and have been indigenous cultures that prioritize this. But other than that, post-agricultural revolution, I'm not aware of many cultural or political models that do prioritize rest and play. I'm really curious if listeners with deeper historical knowledge have recommendations around this because I'm personally quite interested. And to start talking potential solutions briefly, one of the main things that comes to mind is collective organizing. Unions aren't perfect, but they're one of the best tools we have within the current system. With or without a union, strikes are very effective. I'm really hoping for a general strike soon, like the majority of Americans just stop working until we get some really serious changes. I know that's a huge ask and a scary prospect for most, but to reframe a bit, we actually do have so many resources available collectively, especially if middle-class folks join in and upper-class folks who are tired of living off this historical and current extraction from everyone else. One thing I'm actually quite inspired by recently is seeing wealthy white people agreeing with basic values of mine and realizing that the current system isn't working. Another potential stopgap measure that can be both individual and collective is to simply stop the optimizing and work less. Don't give additional emotional or intellectual labor to your employer. Do the absolute bare minimum to not get fired. And if it's a bit more collective, I could imagine having some actual mini organizing within a team or workplace where a number of coworkers are intentionally doing this together, 
Some Gen Z and millennials are definitely doing this, and I love it. Another partial solution that begins individually but absolutely flowers in community is shifting your self-care, creativity, and work to coming from self-love instead of extraction from external systems. This one is even harder than it sounds, and believe me, I know, because it took me five years of concentrated attention on it to feel like I was making real headway on it. P.S. If this is a thing you care about and want support with, this is one of the main goals of my coaching work at this point, and Like Your Brain in particular is a space to explore ideas like this in a spacious and unshaming way. One that's often framed as an individual solution, but that I believe is also for and about our communities, and I want more community space for it, trauma healing. I know, so fun and awesome. But for real, the more I've healed past traumas and learned tools for handling new ones as they happen, the more capacity I've had to love and support my communities. There are a lot of ways to approach it if you're thinking of starting or going back to actively working on trauma. I also think it can, in part, be an intention to learn through experiences in a new way now. It doesn't always have to look like therapy or only look like therapy. All right, one last one for now that's kind of an outgrowth of that idea of learning through experiences in a new way now. For me, this comes out of a foundation of trauma healing such that I could keep my heart open a bit more and be in a more open, creative frame of mind. One of my intentions for 2023 was to be willing to see things differently, to be open to seeing past limitations I'm used to putting on myself, not to deny limits or try to push up against them all the time, which is where I think optimizing can be harmful. Partly, this was trying to lean into my brain's creative capacity rather than its more black and white tendencies. Quick note on a couple things I suggested. These are mostly broad solutions that work best with support. For example, please don't start doing the bare minimum at work just to get fired if you're already at risk. Autistic people are more likely to get in trouble even if they're doing exactly the same things as the people around them. And of course, that's compounded if you're black or brown or indigenous, trans, an immigrant, etc. There are so many reasons to protect your own safety. And on the trauma healing front, for initial trauma recovery, I always suggest doing that with strong support through therapy and or community because it's really common to experience a lot of exhaustion and higher support needs while processing. I actually saved the dictionary definition of optimizing to the end because in my view, it's so obviously a detestable goal. From Merriam-Webster, optimize, transitive verb, to make as perfect, effective, or functional as possible. The examples given were optimize energy use and optimize your computer for speed and memory. That example made me wrinkle my nose because from its earliest appearance in English in 1613 until the 1940s, computer meant a person who computed. And if you know the history around the American space race, popularized in part by the book and movie Hidden Figures, you know that black women known as computers did the complex calculations that got us to the moon and back while being mistreated and discriminated against throughout. To make as perfect, effective, or functional as possible, the only part of me or my life I might even jokingly say that about is that I would love for my digestive tract to be as perfect, effective, and functional as possible. That sounds nice. But am I willing to eat gross food I hate and avoid fun food I love to achieve said perfection? Absolutely fucking not. 
Ice cream sandwiches are practically a health food in my world, (laughs) and fed is best. I do want to acknowledge that many autistic and ADHD people will at some point in their life try to optimize systems, objects, and processes in their life as part of a special interest or hyperfocus or just because they like it. For example, figuring out a simple capsule wardrobe to simplify clothing choices, or optimizing meal prep and efficiency, or building the perfect bicycle for your body. I know at least a few folks who've tried to do this either through expensive customizations or creating their own Franken-bike over time. If this is a cool and fun process for you and makes you feel good, oh my god, I am not trying to make you feel bad about it. As long as you're enjoying it, awesome. You have my full support and little clapping hands. But here are a couple things to look out for and maybe pivot around. If what you optimized is no longer feeling good or meeting your needs, or maintaining it is actually taking more effort than it saves, and yes, mental effort counts. If you're optimizing to provide more excess profit off your labor for someone else, again, beyond what you need to maintain that job or meet your own personal satisfaction and interest, etc., the problem is that there's no clear line on either of those. And if you have lower interoception or alexithymia or are depressed or fatigued, you might not receive clear signals from your body and emotions that this isn't working for you. You might still be able to do some math about how much you're getting out of these optimizations. And to list a few simple ways we can put in less effort around optimizations that may not be serving us. Are you multitasking in ways that don't actually feel good just for the sake of efficiency? Are you expending a lot of mental or other kinds of energy to make something perfect when it could be really damn good at 95% or pretty good at 80% or passable at 65%? Does your current system seem functional? Is it possible to do less and still have it function okay? What are you currently doing more to avoid failure than to move you toward what you actually want? (laughs) Sorry, that last one is big and starts to delve into another area, but whenever we're talking about striving for perfection, fear of both failure and success come up. Okay. I'm going to take a big breath right now and then in again on top of that and then in again, just continuing to fill up those lungs one more time and then letting it all out and out again and out again. Not only can this kind of breath calm the vagus nerve in a pretty cool way, for me, it's also a reminder that my felt sense of my capacity is not the exact mathematical equivalent of my actual capacity, which is not going in the direction of pushing harder for me, but rather an acknowledgement that my body has many mechanisms for keeping itself in a safe range. Even my wobbly little joints are trying to hold everything together, technically, sort of, (laughs) and that in, 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 out, 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 out breath gives my brain that little, oh yeah, many limits are defined in a variety of contexts, not one set metric. I forgot to mention that one of the things that pisses me off in a lot of the literature about optimizing oneself is this oft repeated idea that if Americans watch less TV, they'd solve all the world's problems. First of all, I don't count on Americans to solve the world's problems But also, fuck off with telling me not to enjoy entertainment or keep up with the zeitgeist if I want to. 
if I could reach into your world and just pluck out the guilt and shame around rest, relaxation, pleasure, and enjoyment, I would. Just yoink it right out and place you in a cozy spot, taking in that which you love and enjoy so you can just receive pleasure like a cat in a warm sunbeam. The more moments we all have like that, the more rest, the more pleasure. I really do think that's moving in the right direction in some real sense. And if that means you're watching TV, perfect. Let's not optimize just to give the richest assholes in the world more money. They don't have the solutions besides continuing to exploit and keep everything more or less the same. We may not have every step toward a better world in our own heads, but I think that's a good thing. We will be working our way there together and hopefully experiencing more pleasure and togetherness in the meantime. And on that note, huge thank you to the, I think, 18 or 19 people who've already joined Like Your Brain. The first welcome call, I was so pleased to have 10 other people on there and to have so much engagement and sharing right away. This month, October, we're still defining what the ongoing calls are about, and there's a lovely amount of chatting going on already. If you want some chill community support, that link to learn more about Like Your Brain is in the show notes. Thank you for taking this little journey with me today, and I'm super curious to hear any strong opinions you have on the topic of optimizing either for or against, because I know it can be a polarizing one. You do you, babe. Thank you. I hope that sparked some ideas or possibilities for your own journey. If you'd like to go deeper, I invite you to click on the link in the show notes to join my newsletter, where I share more on these topics, point you to community resources, and share cute pictures of animals. I only send it when I have something meaningful to say. A friend put it well. With your newsletter, I feel like the predictability is in the quality, not the quantity, and it feels delightfully magical to have it pop up whenever it feels like it. Plus, you can respond directly to me, which I love. That link is in the show notes, or you can easily find it at my website, mattiamarie.com, M-A-T-T-I-A-M-A-U-R-E-E.com. 